This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 105 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman, and your other host, Steve Cerruti, is here. Cerruti, we're taping this early this week on a Monday, so we're fresh off of a weekend. So tell me, what was your weekend like? I went to a restaurant for the first time, yeah. <laughs> like actually a restaurant, not takeout. Maddie and I did the thing. We had to get some tacos at our favorite taco spot. Shout out Sayulita and Glastonbury. And I have a take, we'll get to this a little bit later, but I have a take on margaritas and why I think they are the most versatile drink of all drinks. They are just the top tier drink, period. Well, should we just get into it right now? Yeah. All right. Why not? So I mean, you've, you've piqued my curiosity now. All right. Let's do it. We'll do it early. We'll throw the rundown <laughs> out the window. It. You know what? It's a Monday. Let's just hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish I had a margarita here with me because they're amazing. Oh, dude, so especially one from Sayulita. They have uh, the best mark. I remember when we went away, when we went for Rosillo's going away, I think I got a watermelon margarita or a peach margarita there. It was some sort of fruit flavored margarita. It was the best margarita in the world. So this is why I want to bring this up because I had a margarita. I had a peach margarita. It was blended peach too. So the puree was in there. You know, it wasn't necessarily strained, which was awesome because you get that real peach flavor. And you know me, I'm a mezcal guy. I love tequila, but I prefer mezcal. So I was in my zone. I'm having margaritas. I'm eating tacos. It was unbelievable. I went to a wedding, what, two weeks ago. I got tacos at a restaurant this week. I feel like I'm spreading my legs a little bit here. I'm testing the waters just a little bit. Still being safe. We're still wearing masks. So don't yell at me about that. We're still being <laughs> safe. But it was awesome to be back out at a restaurant. It was awesome to eat out. But so I have this margarita. It's a peach margarita. They, had, they have all sorts of specials. But I texted my friends because I'm drinking this margarita, having a great time. It's nice out. And I said, I'm pretty sure the margarita is the best, most versatile drink of all of the cocktails. It's in a group of its own. Nothing else matches the margarita. You could drink it year round, and I'll explain that a little bit later because I think you could add whatever juice you want to, to cater to whatever season you want, whatever flavor profile you want. And it's the drink that whenever you have it, it's never the wrong time to have a margarita, and it always puts you in a great mood. So for me, margarita, tier one cocktail. Thoughts? So agree and disagree. Margarita obviously a tier one cocktail. When done right, maybe the number one pick. But I tend to think that margaritas skew warm weather. Sure, you can have a margarita in the winter, but when it's snowing outside, you're not like, oh, you know what I'm craving? Let's throw some logs on the fire and make a margarita. Okay, I thought you would say that. I had a great, at Sayulita, we keep shouting them out. If you're ever in the Connecticut area, in the Glastonbury area, whatever, near Hartford County, it's odd that there is this unbelievable taco place, like the best tacos you've ever had in central Connecticut. It makes no sense, but if you're ever there, make sure you go to this place. They had a special one time, I think it was the, it was probably around my birthday, which is November. It was a apple cider, I think it was an apple, I forget, it was a blended apples or apple cider, but it was some sort of apple deal margarita. And I'm like, that, that sounds weird. Apple juice, the apple flavor, flavor profile with mezcal or tequila, that can't be good. But because I'm curious and I love apples and I love fall, you know this, foliage, what's up? I had to <laughs> order it and it was unbelievable. So yes, it was a margarita, but it was the perfect fall drink. And it's the same thing for winter, Michelle. You could have a cranberry margarita in the winter to go with the Christmas theme or whatever, holiday theme. You could have a a holiday spiced margarita. I'm not saying that you like them, but it actually is way more versatile than you think it is. Yeah, of course, you get the juice ones in the summer and the spring and it makes you feel good. It feels like you're at a beach, you're outside hanging out. But you can also have different flavor profile margaritas that fit whatever season you want. And I'm not sure you could say that about any other drink other than like vodka soda, splash of whatever. 
you lost me at Holiday Spice Margarita. That well, I don't disgusting. want it. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Thank you for proving my point by making a margarita sound terrible. But they exist. That's the point. It's not like you're having lime margaritas year-round or mango or watermelon margaritas year-round. You can have a winter margarita. It's a thing. Google it. There are tons of recipes. Cinnamon, yeah, cinnamon cranberry margarita. There's all these different recipes. So it's super versatile. Sure, but I could have seasonal eggnog and that doesn't make it good. Just because there's a seasonal margarita for the winter doesn't mean it's a versatile drink. I'll tell you this, I would rather have a winter margarita or a holiday flavored margarita than a holiday scented candle because those are terrible. I don't want a holiday scented candle. Well, holiday scented candles, you go wood heavy, you go cedar, you go fir. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ones that smell like a Christmas tree on steroids and it's terrible and there's like a thousand spices. You get it at Yankee Candle, they're terrible. Every mom has one. Every basic, you know, has one. I'm not talking about this balsam wood that I love. I'm talking about those ones that you get at a Christmas tree shop that are awful. What does a holiday spice candle have to do with a holiday spice margarita? You're deviating so hard here because you know that you're wrong about this margarita take. <laughs> All right, maybe I'm filibustering, sorry. <laughs> you know <laughs> that you are wrong when you're like, yeah, so maybe holiday spice margaritas sound terrible, but you know what else sucks? Yankee candles. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> but name me another drink that you would say, okay, that is up there with a margarita as far as versatility, as far as flavor profile, as far as makes you feel awesome. I don't know what it is. My friends threw a bunch of them out there, but I disagree with all of them. But I want to give you the floor first. Does a martini count? I'm not drinking a martini when it's hot out, ever, ever. It's a nighttime drink. It's a classy drink. It's not a drink that you have sitting on your couch at night. It's a drink that you have when you're wearing probably a black dress or a tuxedo. It is a very specific scene that I'm drinking a, a martini. I know a lot of people that have a nightcap martini when they're sitting on the couch. All right, but what about at the beach or when you're around a fire at night? You're not drinking a martini. Okay, I'm definitely drinking a martini around a fire. Not at the beach. Good call. I'm not going to be like, hey, toes in the sand, martinis up, let's go. Shaking you, okay, all right, great question. Would you be more likely to drink a margarita in the winter or a martini at the beach? Oh, man, good one. It's a margarita. It's going to be a margarita. Thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> martini at the beach just does oh. not go. Sounds terrible. Awful. And you're right. And I'm thinking... Margarita on the rocks, salt rim, not a frozen margarita. Not a frozen, no, not, not a frozen one. Yeah, right. I'm not actually a big frozen margarita fan. Give me the, uh, give me the, just the ones on ice. But There's a what place else? in St. Louis that has the best frozen margarita ever, Taco Buddha. It's a new city. It's a little, I don't want to say hole in the wall because that's doing it a disservice, but it's kind of an intimate place. And their frozen margaritas are so good. And the hint is, I forget what it is, like fresh citrus that they use. It's like orange juice and lemon and lime that they squeeze in. Oh my God, it's perfection. Whenever you come to visit, Steve, <laughs> I don't care if it's in the wintertime, fall, whatever, we're going to go. I agree. Okay, good call. Uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, so you said no on a martini. What about a seasonal beer? You could have a beer for all seasons. No, I'm talking strictly cocktails, though. Oh, strictly, strictly cocktails. cocktails. Okay. Because yeah. you're right. A beer probably trumps everything. You could find a beer for no matter what your mood is. What about a mojito? See, that's what my friend said, too. But again, I'm not drinking a mojito. And I love mojitos, although I'm not a big rum guy. So I don't know. I feel like rum. Oh, I've got it. 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 It just what? came to me. It's like, Michelle, duh. 
right in your face. What about a French 75, a little Prosecco, a little Saint Germain? I've never had, what is this? I've never even had a French 75. This is such a you answer. Of course you would say something I've never heard of. Let me make sure to get you all the ingredients, Steve, correctly. It I'm shocked. is- I'm shocked you didn't say Aperol Spritz, your favorite drink. So I love an Aperol Spritz, but it just doesn't hit as well in the winter time, you know? Okay, so here's what we got working in a French 75. You've got, oh, actually, let me make sure I get the one with the Saint-Germain because that's the better one. It's a little elderflower, you know, Steve? Oh, uh, you would like elderflower. That makes oh, sense. Do you not? I don't even know what elderflower is. It's is a it, liqueur. Okay, is it elderflower or elderflower? I've never known this. <laughs> this is how stupid I am because the elderflower sounds like the elder one from, like, I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons. I thought that was Harry Potter. Same. Oh, that's right. Harry Potter. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Come on. Don't mess with me. I'm a, clearly a Gryffindor. Um, Team Ravenclaw. Oh, what? Yeah. Do you ever take the quiz on Pottermore? No. Oh, my goodness. You've never done the Pottermore quiz? There's this whole no. website where you answer all these questions about yourself and you take these quizzes and they tell you what- How long does it take? Should I do it right now? It's relatively lengthy in time. I think it takes <laughs> a good 15 minutes or so, maybe even more, but you should 100% do it and report back. And I got Ravenclaw. So I, I did that probably five years ago. Shout out Ravenclaw. I wonder if your house has changed over the years. Mm, I don't think that's how houses work. You kind of just get sorted into one and then you're in it for life. It's kind of like a fraternity. No, I know. But I mean, if you retook the test now, oh. you would still be a Ravenclaw. Yeah, no. I know. Like my sorority, I'm in it forever. Clearly, if you're a Gryffindor, you're a Gryffindor for life. But I mean, I wonder if you have evolved as a person and now some of your personality traits may lean more Slytherin. Who knows, mm. Steve? No, although I actually thought I was afraid I was going to get Slytherin, which was a, a real concern of mine. But no, if you look <laughs> at some of the characteristics of Ravenclaws, I fit Ravenclaw to a T. You do okay. strike me as a Gryffindor, though. I wouldn't be surprised if you got, you were probably a Gryffindor. Well, I was going to say Hufflepuff, but aren't Hufflepuffs kind of weird? Hufflepuffs, Steve, how dare you? How dare you? Nice. I mean, at least you didn't say Slytherin because That's that true. would be terrible. That's true. Okay, All right, tell so me what's in this drink. We've digressed. It's, it's elderflower. Okay, like elder wand. Like elder wand. And the brand Saint-Germain. Try that. Amazing. You know. Uh, I've had Saint-Germain, yeah. Yeah, PSG, right? Uh, yes, there you go. Shouts it out. Lost Champions League finals. Soccer Shelly, she's back. Let's go. <laughs> I, is that the most impressed you've ever been by I, me? <laughs> honestly, that's not where I thought you were going with that. So I am very impressed. We still have to pick a soccer team for you. We'll do that maybe uh, during the offseason here in the next couple of weeks. I thought we did. I thought I was, um, what's his name? Well, who's oh, Gerard. Uh, yeah, but you're PK, not. You, PK. Yeah but, yeah, but I don't want you to be a Barcelona fan. You have to pick an English team because that's the easiest way to follow. We'll do I that later. I, don't worry. I thought I was Tottenham. Uh, we had this idea potentially of me comparing what? comparing every major Premier League team to somebody you know, and I might do that for you, and then you can pick out the person that you like the best. I okay. won't give you the names. I won't tell you what. I'll be like, Club Blank is, you know, this frat bro who gets hammered, has a super rich dad, has great parties, but he's a huge douchebag. That's Club Blank, right? That's For okay. example, that's what I'll give you. And I'll do all of the major clubs, and then you pick the person you want to hang out the most with, and then that'll be your club. Okay, love that. Yeah. Perfect. Get that up and going. Okay, so back to an elderflower French 75. So you got a little gin in there, some elderflower liqueur, lemon juice, Prosecco, and then a lemon twist for a garnish. Now, this is why it's seasonal because champagne is seasonal. You could have champagne by a fire and it's still appropriate. You could have it when it's cold out. You could have it on the beach. It's just refreshing and light. It's a little citrus, a little floral. Get your gin in there. It's great. Uh, that actually is true. Champagne is seasonal. I had a champagne. It's called a black velvet. You ever heard of that? 
No, but I'm intrigued. It's Guinness and champagne. I had it in London. It was awesome. You wouldn't think Guinness. it was good, but it is actually very good. It gives a little bubbly, light flavor to Guinness. I'm telling you, try it. You will not hate it. That drink to me, it's too obscure. It's too like, hipster for it to be. I'm talking about mainstream drinks, Michelle. Not but like this. So mainstream. It's at mm. almost every restaurant you go to. If you say to the bartender, can I have a French 75? They will know what you're talking about. I'm going to veto this one. I don't like this choice because it's, it's too you. It's too, I don't know. It's too specific. It's too weird. I'm talking about big drinks. As at margarita, as you said, mojito. One that I want to bring up that I think should be in the discussion is whiskey sour. A French 75 is just as mainstream as a whiskey sour. I've never heard of it. I guarantee you dudes have never heard of a French 75. And there's no way, none of my friends have heard of a French 75. Maybe one of my friends, shout out Shane, has heard of a French 75. Text them now, live poll. We haven't done a Saruti live That's poll true. in a while. That's true. I'm texting Fire the group. it up. Let them Text know. Text in the group, have you ever heard of a French 75? Yes, thank you. Have any of you ever heard of or had a French 75? Okay, sent. All right, I'll report back later. Okay. What about whiskey sour though? Whiskey sour to me is close. Although I don't know if I'm drinking a whiskey sour on a beach. I would, although I wouldn't love it. But a whiskey sour is pretty versatile too. I think a whiskey sour is disgusting, so no. Excuse me? You heard me. Wow. It's like one of my favorite drinks. Well, I'm not a whiskey girl. I don't like brown liqueur. But it's sweet. You like it. Get or it? Or is it liquor? <laughs> it's... Wait, is it li brown liquor, not liqueur? Uh, brown liquor. Liqueur is like... Liqueur is like... Uh, the sweetness ones that you add on, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like a syrup uh, almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. Vermouth is a liqueur, right? St. Germain is a liqueur. St. Germain is probably a liqueur, yes. Okay, so whiskey is liquor, and I don't like it. Okay. Uh, what about, this is another good one. Moscow Mule's up there too. Oh, that's the play. That's the play. It's pretty versatile. Yeah, that's I probably the biggest competition for Margarita. Oh my God, totally. I have been skiing when we had some Moscow Mule's copper mugs, hot tub. Oh yeah. What's the deal with the, with the copper mug? Do you know that? I don't even know what the history behind that is. That's I don't get it. We have four of them in my house because it's my wife's favorite drink. I just don't understand why. They do look cool, I guess. And it is a cool drink to get at a bar because it comes with the crushed ice and it smells delicious and it's easy to drink. I don't know. Maybe as I'm talking about this, that might beat out margarita. Moscow Mule purists know that tradition isn't the only reason the drink is served in a copper mug. The cold metal insulates the temperature of the chilled ginger beer, keeping the cocktail cool and refreshing. Mm, copper, that's right. My dad's a pipe guy, so I get that. <laughs> you should know this. Come <laughs> yeah, on. It's, it's in your blood, Steve. It is. It is. Bumming, heating, and air conditioning. What's up? So how bummed are you that you just talked yourself out of margaritas? But here's the thing, though. I would still get a margarita over a Moscow Mule, but I wouldn't argue if someone told me Moscow Mule was better. Does that make sense? I think margaritas are just better, but Moscow Mules are, I would say, the only thing in the tier one category of most versatile drink. Okay, you're in Vermont, snowstorm, fire crackling, there's a bar. The bartender says, hey, I can make you a traditional margarita or we can go Moscow Mule. So that's not fair though, because I'm telling you that the margarita can have other flavors. If somebody offered me a cranberry apple margarita, I'd be like, hmm, I'm gonna get that. That sounds intriguing. What if it was a cranberry apple Moscow mule? I would, my wife would get that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See? They're yeah. both great choices. Okay, I'll give you that. They're both great choices. Okay, as Tony LaRusso says, tied for first. Tied for first, fair enough. Okay. Even I though know. I'm team Moscow mule. Are we missing any other drinks? Like Manhattan, no way. No way. Uh, you said Martinez and Daiquiri, no. Negroni, no. Old Fashioned, no. All good drinks, but no. I think that's it. Okay. 
Well, All I'm right. glad we've settled this. It's been decided. Let us know on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, let us know your thoughts on this because I'm sure our very, very, very smart small talk peeps have a better idea on this than us. All right, until they get back to me, Michelle, what were you up to this weekend? I think you were like you were traveling in the Midwest. Midwest Michelle is back at it, going state hopping. Steve, she's back. Midwest <laughs> Michelle is back. The people I, are happy to hear. I uh, well, she never really left. You know, she's me. That is me. The purest form of me is Midwest Michelle. You can you know? take Michelle out of the Midwest, but you can't take the Midwest out of Michelle. Uh, one of my most favorite things ever is I have a picture of me and my girlfriend who's from my hometown, and she was also in my sorority. She was a year older than me, and she's very awesome and lived in New York City. And for my birthday one year, my friends rented this boat that took us all around, and we parked underneath the Statue of Liberty, and it was a great scene. It was this whole thing. And, you know, it seems very New York and kind of sophisticated and cool, and we were shotgunning Bud Lights. And the guys we were with from New York were like, man, you Midwest girls know how to hang. And I was like, listen, buddy, you can take the girls out of the Midwest. You can never take the Midwest <laughs> out of the girls, all right? We <laughs> will be shotgunning Bud Lights forever. That's just how we do it. Here. Yeah, and like the bougie people in New York were horrified at these two girls who were just slamming beers. And I was like, I'm horrified at you drinking a Moscow mule over there. You're both judging each other because they're judging you for being a little bit aggressive and you're judging them for being too pretentious. No, actually, everyone kept coming over to hang with us. We kind of started the party. That's a good point. All right. Yeah. If you bring a Midwestern person to any situation, they're going to be a good addition to a party. I'll give you that. Okay. Well, speaking of that, this is what I did this weekend. I went to Iowa, Steve. Went to Iowa. Feel the dreams? (laughs) <laughs> no, not Field of Dreams, even though that was on the, the docket before, you know, Cardinals outbreak, yep. COVID outbreak. Yep. But my friend JD, who we've talked about before on this podcast, he's a model scout who lives in New York, has been in Iowa since I think March, because that's where he's originally from. So this is a whole nother topic, but so many of my friends who live in New York have not been there for months and are not there. And they wonder if they're ever going to go back. Hold on. That sounds like a Reese Witherspoon movie ready to be made. Is He's this big shot New York model agent guy, and all of a sudden he has to live in Iowa for random. Like There is literally a Reese Witherspoon movie in there somewhere, right? It's essentially Sweet Home Alabama, except in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, the Midwest version of Sweet Home Alabama. Let's get this thing made. Come on. Right. And instead of her being a fashion designer, he's a model scout, like yeah. scouting girls at the local farms. <laughs> yeah, Sweet Home Iowa, part two. Now that we're remaking movies, we might as well do that one. Yeah, Sweet Home Iowa, the JD story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. But yeah, so a lot of my friends haven't been in New York for a while, and he's been in Iowa. And I've only been to Iowa one time when I was in college, a bunch of my friends from college, had friends who went to Iowa. So we went there for an Illinois-Iowa football game and it was a blast, but I haven't been there yet. And I am a firm believer, Steve, that I always want to see my friends in their natural habitat. You know, I want to see them around their friends, around their family. I want them to show me where they're from. Especially at home, yeah, my goodness. Yeah, especially at home. And JD loves Iowa. He's so high fashion. Anytime you see him in New York, he's wearing like Head to toe black, Balenciaga. He's smoking a cigarette. He's talking about some model that he just scouted who's walking, you know, in the Saint Laurent show in Paris. And then he's like, But I love Iowa and we're watching Iowa State basketball tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. He's just so Midwest, so down home. Oh, wait. So he went to Iowa State, though. He went to Iowa, but he's an Iowa State fan. Okay. That's interesting. How does that work? He was the student body president at Iowa, too. We should have JD on the show because I want to ask him that question. I also want to ask him, how do you become an an agent, a model agent scout? Do you just have a knack for good looking people? I don't get it. Yeah, we should interview him because he has a very interesting life and a very interesting story. And you know what? 
he'll do it. He would do it. All right. We'll <laughs> it's fun. a yes. It's a yes. <laughs> but so I had been texting with him and we were talking just about our summers. He's like, how are you doing? And I go, you know, things are fine, but I got to tell you, JD, I am struggling without a boat. Summer to me is not summer unless I'm on the water at some point. I love St. Louis. I love where I'm from, but I hate being landlocked. I hate it. I need, I think if I went to the doctor, I could get a legitimate prescription for a boat. My mood and my state of mind, (laughs) my mental health is so much better now that I've spent time on a boat. It is unbelievable what it does, but it's crazy. It's just Even just being at the beach or being at a lake or being, you know, I had friends who went to a river in Missouri this weekend and went kayaking and kind of said the same thing. There's just something about being in nature and being near a body of water that does a lot for you. But I needed a boat. I needed the wind in my hair. I needed some tunes on the speakers, a drink in my hand. And I said, it will be the most depressing summer of my life if I don't get that. And he's like, whoa, well, did I tell you I'm staying at my family's lake house in Iowa and nobody else is here. It's just me. And I've been here for weeks. He's like, so come to Iowa. He's like, literally the lake is the backyard and I'll get it all set up. We'll have a great time. And I was like, I'll be there next weekend. (laughs) And so I drove the six hours to Iowa and I have so much to tell you about Iowa. You would think that all Midwestern places are the same. They are not. I do think that. Yes. (laughs) They are not. Iowa, very different than Illinois. Listen, generally same homegrown, just good, genuine people that like salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. You know, just bush light drinkers. Yeah. The heartbeat of America. And you know what? They were bush light drinkers because I asked them on the boat if they had Bud Light and they looked at me like I was crazy. They go, We drink bush light here. It's God's nectar. I'd be awesome there because I think bush light's better than Bud Light. So shouts out to Iowa. Yeah, you would fit into Iowa very well, Steve, for several reasons. But um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you some observations I had about Iowa and update you on some things I learned, if that's okay. I love this. Go. Okay, so thing number one, there's something that people in Iowa eat, and they're very passionate about it. And JD and his family and their friends that were there were absolutely floored that not only I had never had this, but I had never heard of it. Steve, have you ever had or heard of a walking taco? No. Walking, like the taco has legs. <laughs> and that's exactly what it sounds like. But I get to the lake house and, you know, I'm helping him put stuff away. I open the fridge and he's like, oh, I have all the stuff for walking tacos in there. And I go, what are you talking about? And he's like, what do you mean? What am I talking about? You've never had a walking taco? And I'm like, no. So here's what it is. You take a personalized bag of Doritos and you break it up, crunch it, crunch it, crunch it, open the bag, you cut the top off, inside you put ground beef, cheese, lettuce, sour cream, tomatoes, maybe a little salsa if you're feeling frisky, and then you eat it with a fork. But it's a portable taco salad that you can just take as you're walking. Okay, one sounds awesome, but also- Don't we just call that, I mean, I know that you're talking about Doritos, but don't we just call that a Frito pie? So I guess in other places they eat it with Fritos and call it a Frito pie. Yeah, I've had a Frito pie. That's fair food. I haven't had one since I was probably 12, but yeah. That's the the sneaky thing about the Midwest too, is I feel like they don't really take healthy food very seriously there. They just kind of eat what they want to eat. And I respect the hell out of that. So they're going to eat walking tacos at age 40. We're doing bush lights and walking tacos yeah. till we die. Yeah. This is what's happening in the Midwest. No, they're not worried about, what did you say last week, the crash diet? No, they have no. the walking taco Frito pie diet. Totally. So they cook it up for me. 
I'm eating it and everyone's like, what do you think? Well, how could it not be good? I mean, everything in there is awesome. It was incredible. I had one again the next day before I left, but I was like, there's something about the Doritos in there. It brings it to a whole nother level. It's crazy. It was crazy good. When's the last time you went to Taco Bell? College. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, well, we've talked about this. I've never had Taco Bell sober. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because Taco Bell has the Doritos Locos Taco. And the taco right. shell is literally just a Dorito shell. It's actually not as good as you think it would be because it's not really a Dorito, but it's an interesting thing. But I'd rather have a walking taco than a Doritos Loco Taco for sure. So shouts out. I and mean, Taco Bell just not even doing it like the homegrown Iowans are doing it. Yeah. And honestly, they should. They should just give you half of a Dorito bag and put all their fixings in it and a fork and say, here you go. I, mean, I get I get the walking thing. That actually makes a ton of sense. But again, that's something that in the Northeast, you get at a fair. You get at that at the Apple Harvest Festival in Southington. Okay. So I was asking a lot of questions about this clearly. And they told me that you get it a lot at sporting events. So like okay, at a yep. high school football game or something. And I was like, well, is this, I mean, we're having it for lunch today for the boat day. Is this something you guys would have for dinner? And they were like, absolutely not you do not have walking tacos for dinner because it takes away the entire essence of the walking taco and that's true yeah you don't want to have a sit down walking taco dinner <laughs> right right they're like no it's something that you need to take and eat deliciously on the go yeah you pop it in the cooler and you have it on a boat with a bush light i'm jealous of what you did this weekend because that sounds awesome okay so walking tacos first thing i learned the second thing i learned steve is that people from iowa can party I knew it when I went to the football game, which was a great time. But college towns in the Midwest, come on, you're always going to have a great time. You know that the partying is going to be up to a certain level, okay? It's going to be elite or just below elite. And, you know, I'm an adult. I haven't partied in a long time. I can't tell you the last time that I played drinking games, like, until the wee hours of the morning. And that is exactly what happened in Iowa. And not only did we play drinking games until the wee hours of the morning, Steve, they have all of these rules for all of the games that they play. And they take them so seriously. It's That was me. Yes. It's hyper competition at all times. For instance, we played beer pong first night all these rules where you have to stare at each other in the eye and then throw it and whoever makes it, then there's rules about- You didn't play this? You didn't play that rule? That's how you start. That's like the opening tip in in an NBA game. That's how you decide who gets the first throw. I forget how we started it because I haven't played it in so long. But what were the other rules? There were all of these rules that they had about- Beer pong pong specifically, like racks and stuff? Because you don't rack on five. There's only two racks. Is it automatic double at the end? They got one rack and then they would do this thing called a zipper. Have you heard of the zipper? No. They'd be like, hey, re-rack, zipper. And I'm like, what the hell is zipper? <laughs> yeah. What is this Midwest? Um, or well, I guess, what is this Iowa weirdness? I'm like, a diamond? They're like, no, no, zipper. So zipper is where you kind of stack it all on the middle line. like All in one line. We're talking like three in a row. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, we used- or like four or five. Instead of a diamond, it's like a tight line. Oh, we used to call that big dick. A big what? We used to call that big dick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Okay. That's shouts out Northeast. I don't know why, but I've never heard of the zip line or whatever, Z- a zipper. That's weird. Zipper. So then they do a thing where it's something where if I make a cup, like if we're on the same team, if I make a cup and you make the same cup, instead of getting just balls back, we get three cups total. Hmm. That's yeah. weird. I don't think I like that. Right. So you, so you just get an extra cup. Yeah, essentially. But here's the real kicker. Here's the one that made me be like, okay, what are you guys doing in Iowa? When I throw the ball, if it bounces off the edge of a cup and then bounces back to me and you don't get it first, I get to do a trick shot. Yeah. 
You, you do that the, too? Yeah, behind the back. You, you do it behind uh, the back. I had never done that, never even heard of it. I was like, what the hell is this trick shot? No one in the history of ever has made the trick What shot. school did you go to where you didn't play with these rules? What is Champagne doing right now? Listen, maybe they haven't acted them since I've left, but when I was playing beer pong, we never did a trick shot. What were some rules that were at, uh, at Illinois then? We didn't call them the same things, but we had a lot of the same rules as the Iowans. So shouts out to Iowa. Because yeah, if the ball hit, you know, one of the things in the front and it came back at you, it was always a mad dash to try to get the ball because then you could do an around the back shot. And, you know, obviously it's hard to make, but it's still awesome because you're drunk and everybody's feeling good. But yeah, we pretty much had all of those rules. You know, we didn't. We, it was like, I will make the ball and then you remove the cup and then you shoot and make the ball and I remove the cup. So it was very boring and basic is what you're saying. Yeah, we were swatting and stuff. But I mean, listen, we weren't playing games like that all the time. We went to bars. We were at bars. Oh, excuse time. me. I'm sorry. You guys are so cool. <laughs> we, went to, we went to bars. What a, what a flex right there. I'm sorry. I was cool. Yeah, I went to bars. I ordered sorry, real Steve. drinks. I was raging with the DJ. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. playing games, right? <laughs> now, see, I was the old, and I still am. I'm the ultimate. Drinking games are fun as hell. I'm super competitive. I'm hyper competitive. So I, I do not let people skimp on the rules you follow the rules or you are going to get a penalty or a stroke or whatever it's called and uh i don't know i would take that very seriously i was so over the rules i can't even tell you i was like can we just play and like laugh and have fun and then the first night i was paired with jd and so he was super lax with me because he's like you know she's here let's just let her have a good time <laughs> second day i was paired with jd's brother who may be more competitive than anyone i've ever met in my entire life he was like kobe to where he was like if you play poorly, I may kill you. This might be the end of you. And I was like, okay. So I started, Steve, making shots, drilling cups. And JD was like, what is happening to you? And I said, I'm too afraid to fail. I am too afraid to fail. <laughs> it's like my mind took over and would not let my body fail. So just threaten you and intimidate you. And that's when we get peak Michelle performance. Definitely. If you shame me into failing, I will show up when there, I need to. There is a lot to say about fear tactics. You know, I know it's 2020. We don't, that shit works. It does. When there's pressure on you, you concentrate oh more. You don't want to let people down. Totally. Oh, yeah. So shouts out to him. He knew how to get the best out of you. He's, he's basically like a personal coach. He honestly is like Phil Jackson, but scarier. Yeah, he's zen out unless peyote. Yeah, and 0% zen and just really scary. <laughs> yeah. but, but he was really fun. And he's really still Jackson, just terrifying. Yeah, and we ended up winning. We played really well. But I thought to myself in that moment, I was like, not only is my reputation on the line here, but Illinois' reputation is on the line here, That's right? I was saying that Illinois is a better party school than Iowa. They were, of course, giving major pushback with that. And here I come in, not knowing the rules. And I'm thinking, if I come in and suck at beer pong here, they're going to think Illinois is terrible for the rest of their lives. So I had to show up. Okay, I have a rule. You know my rule about basketball? I've, I've been through this before. If you can't be on a basketball court with other guys or girls or whatever, and you look like you're out of place, then you're not a good athlete. I feel the same thing. You can tell a lot about a person based on how good they are at beer pong. Not if they're a ringer and they just dominate the entire game, but if they can hang and they're confident and they can knock some shots down and not be a liability, that's a person I want to go to war with. I like that. I like that. And I agree. Except my philosophy from beer pong is mostly, I just hope everyone has fun. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Everyone's having a great time. Yeah. As long as we're having a good time, I don't care how good you are. I'm interested in other rules though. Did you have solo cup call your shot when and we used to do it, if there was a cup by itself, you'd call a solo cup, and that's the only one that you could hit. And if you hit it, you got either two, you took two cups away or you got the ball back. 
Steve, I don't know. My head was spinning. There was hundreds of rules. There was a rule. It was like every time the ball came back to me, there was a new rule and I could I, not keep up. I, so I, I literally honest, was, was just like, is, tell me what to do. This is surprising to me. I guess it's not the Midwest because I was showing out, but Illinois has got a lot of questions to answer here with these rules. Iowa does not play. I mean, they play hard, but I mean, they do not play. They are like, we are going to go hard. So hard, in fact. Steve, I'm an adult. I do not drink the way that I used to. My body cannot sustain it. I just can't do it. I'm looking at the clock. It's like 1.30 a.m. I'm saying to GD, we going back? Your girl's got to sleep. And he goes, I'll go drop you off, but then I'm coming back to hang out. <laughs> and no, I was I like, mean, all right. Don't so- be a downer. Well, I wasn't trying to be, but I also was trying to be ready for the boat the next day. You know, boat day is peak me. It's a big okay? day for you. Yeah. It's a big day. First boat day in like a year. Got to be ready to go. I was going to say, especially in these times, you needed that boat day more than anything I for need- your mental health. Yeah, you can shame me into being good at beer pong. You cannot shame me into not getting rest for a boat day. Not going to happen. So I go back and in the morning I wake up and I'm making coffee or whatever. I was like, what time did you get back? He's like, 6.30 a.m. I was like, I respect it. I really do. I don't think I can do that. I couldn't do I that anymore. Do I can't do it anymore. I, I couldn't. But I wondered, Steve, so when I was growing up, I could hang a little bit. You know, I would stay up a little late, but I was always one of the first to tap out. I never wanted to be the Brett Favre at the party, right? I never wanted to leave, come back. When I left, I wanted to retire and we're good. I am Peyton Manning riding off into the sunset after my victory. Yep. I'm going to see you later with my Papa John's franchises. I did not want to be Brett Favre teetering. And then when I'm still coming back later, it's not as good. I did not want to be that. But my guy friends could stay and party till 6, 7 a.m. And they were raging. And it reminded me of the way my friends were when we were younger. And I wondered, is that a Midwest thing? Or is that just a, I can do this at a certain point in my life thing? I can't speak on to whether it's a Midwest thing or not. I think it's an age thing. I mean, at least for me and my friends, if you said, hey, we're going to go party till six in the morning, all of us would be like, no, <laughs> well, like, we're done. We're done with that. That's past us. But did you do it when you were younger? That was my oh, question. Uh, in college, I guess. Yeah, maybe if like someone's parents were gone, you were at their house, you would. But it wasn't like a reoccurring thing. It would happen every once in a while. And then by the time I was out of college, I don't think, I mean, there's zero. If I did that today, I would literally be dead for a week. I wouldn't do anything for a week. No lie, Michelle, it would take me months to recover from that. A hundred percent agree. I said the same thing to JD. I'm like, you do not understand the combination of me being in the sun on a boat, day drinking, driving to Iowa and back and staying up late. I would have to take a week off work. Yeah. Yeah. You would not be okay. You would be unwell. (laughs) I would be unwell. And then another (laughs) thing I wanted to tell you on the boat, JD's family was there and his little niece who is so adorable. And I just loved her. We're getting ready to go. And she's like, I'm going to go tubing. Michelle, will you come with me? And I was like, of course, Angel, you asked me to go. I'm going <laughs> to go. Anything you say. <laughs> Anything you say. And then, you know, the guys on the boat are like, oh, she's going to be off in like five seconds. There's no way she can hang. So I'm getting on, on this tube with his niece Harper. And I'm thinking to myself, I am not going to let this little girl down. <laughs> I'm not going to let her down. I am going to hang on to this tube if it kills me. And it nearly did, Steve. My entire elbow, I showed it to you before we taped, completely cut up, bloody. My neck hurt so bad. I've had a heating pad on my neck since I got back. And tubing was so fun when you were a kid. As an adult, it was misery. I mean, my hands are blistered from it. It was just constant jerking your neck back and my arms are sore. It was not fun. It was not an enjoyable time. One of the things I think I miss the most about childhood is tubing. 
I don't think I've been, <laughs> no, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. Tubing is genuinely one of the most fun things that you could do as a kid. My friend, Brian, his dad had a boat. We go out, we go tubing all the time. And I'll say this, you didn't go tubing or you didn't go tubing the right way unless you came home with an injury or two. So you did a good job clearly, because if you I came did. home feeling great, then you didn't go tubing the right way. Cause the whole point is that you get roughed up and you get thrown off the tube and that's the best part about it. So I'm proud of you. You did tubing the right way. And I'm not even joking. The thing that I miss the most about childhood might be tubing. Well, we're going to get you to Iowa, Steve, so you can play games and go tubing because it sounds right up your alley. Yeah. But she was having such a good time because she's a kid and she's not worried about a sore neck when she's trying to work. That's true. Kids are like invincible. You It's insane. And now as you're an adult, you're like, where did I get this cut on my arm? Totally. She was so adorable. She was having the best time. And she was like, she could hear me be like, ouch, ouch, ouch. (laughs) She's like, Michelle, stop being a wuss. She was like, listen how sweet she is. She goes, why don't you look at the beautiful houses as we go by? <laughs> He's <laughs> talking be- you off the ledge, basically. I love totally, that. Totally, totally. I love I that. Would- Kids are great. Kids are the best. And I was just like, I will not let her down. So and wait, how felt- long How long did you last on the tube? What was the longest and the shortest? I got back in and I said, how long was that? Two hours. And they go, I think like eight minutes, which is pretty long. That's not bad. I mean, it depends what the terrain is like. Obviously, if you have an experienced boat driver, you do the circle thing and you catch your own wake, which is just obviously devastating. And it's almost impossible to survive that. But that's again, that's the best part. The best part is if you have an experienced driver who knows to just drill you with waves. Oh my God. Or it's the worst part. As an adult, that sounds like my personal nightmare. Yeah, you're going to wake up sore for a good week. But you know what? It was worth it. You were on the water. You can't complain. I'm not complaining. It was such a wake-up call for me that I am not a kid anymore. Because you're right. As a kid in the Ozarks, we were tubing. And the best part was getting flown off the side of the tube and landing in the water and like ricocheting off. And now I hung on the entire time and was like, get me off of this Yeah, please don't be injured. Please don't be injured. (laughs) For the love of God, my elbow is bleeding. My hands are blistered. Get me a seltzer and get me off this tube. I'm proud of you though, because that's uh, everything I wish that I could have done in a weekend. We were laughing because they said, you know, if this weekend was a movie, the title of it would be Too Afraid to Fail, an Iowa story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. (laughs) Um, Okay, so a couple other things that I need to talk to you about. Okay. Wait, really quickly. I have an update. Uh, Do you want my update? Yes, of course. Okay. So I have an update on the French 75 drink. And okay. So we already had Shane who chimed in. No, unless it has to do with a vast six. I don't even know what that means, Shane. So sorry. Uh, My other friend, Jeremy said, what is that? Is that a drink? No. Other friend, Brian, no, never heard of it. And then my friend, Mike, who's from Chicago, shout out to the Midwest, said all the time. And it's his girlfriend's favorite drink. There you go. But again, this proves my point. A regular dude does not know what a French 75 is. No way. I bet more do than you think. Mm, Maybe in the Midwest. Or maybe your bougie New York friends. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised more of your guy friends don't know what that is. No, no. They're margarita guys. Come on. Yeah, I guess I don't know a ton of guys that are like, ooh, okay, happy hour. Let's fire up some champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Although champagne, underrated... I didn't realize until our trip to Chicago how drunk you can get off of champagne. I always thought champagne was just like juice and it didn't have any alcohol in it. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, I mean, welcome to being a sorority girl. Hello. Yeah, yeah. It took me uh, until my almost 30s to get there. But Pretty I got fun there. though. Pretty good. Uh, it was good. It was good. That day in Chicago. Whew. Okay, now that you bring this up, I think I have not partied that way that I did in Iowa. The last time was you and I and Maddie in Chicago, which was last summer. It was like a full calendar year. I haven't been drunk that early in the day since then, for sure. Yeah, it was rough. But then again, Um, by that time, I was ready to go to bed by 5 p.m. That's what happens when you're an adult. If you're in college or you're younger, it's like, oh, yeah, you you just day drinking and you just do it all the way through midnight, basically. When you're an adult, you get tired around 5 and go to sleep. 
And people from Iowa, they are built different. They are all day. It's an all day affair. Okay. So another thing, Steve, was the video that you pulled of us doing the pod last week. I was getting ready to post it and I showed JD, who again is a model scout and he's listened to the pod a few times. And I said, I was like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Steve is pulling these videos because we record on Zoom and we're uploading it to social media because I always forget to promote it. So this is a good way to do it. And he was like, that's Saruti. <laughs> he's like, I didn't realize it's what he looked like. He's like, he's gorgeous. Has he ever done wow. modeling? He's like, does he have representation? And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I go, I can confirm that he's never modeled and he does not have representation. And I thought to myself, if JD were to sign you as a model, that might be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I could okay. never picture you as a model. Shouts out to JD, because as I texted you back, I needed that. That was a nice <laughs> pick-me-up for last week, for sure. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, I have been a model before, so I am, oh, my picture, my picture, which is, it shouldn't be this way, but my picture from freshman football is still the brochure one you get, the main, you know, whatever one that you get to show kids what they can get if they get a picture of something in high school football. So my picture is that main picture, and it's been there for over a decade now, so I consider that modeling. Was it a photo shoot that you did or was it just a picture well, yeah. of you? That's No, but it was, was it someone took a picture of you playing football or was this a photo shoot? No, it was a photo shoot. Like, you know how you get like, team pictures and you get like, all the different ones of you holding the football and you doing a stiff arm or whatever. Yeah. Th those pictures, and it was a photo shoot. Everyone does it. And then your parents could buy the package or whatever. My picture has been the Southington High School demo one for over a decade now. So I actually think that I have a modeling history. I didn't know this about you, secret model. Yep. And also now that we're here, you know what I miss? A little wallet size, eight by mm -hmm. 10. Mm -hmm. Remember when you would get your school pictures and you would cut them up and it was such a big deal, like how you were going to disperse them? Who is gonna get my wallet size photos that That's came right. in, in my life touch package here? That's right, yeah, you ask somebody, hey, would you like my photo? And they're like, actually, mm, no, I've <laughs> I, I met my quota. Things Someone were tough. Oh my God, you got it. Well, oh, not me, not me, but it, oh, it, it, for, come on, come on, Michelle. Let's get what we're talking about. But oh, for sure. You had to figure out who you were going to give those to. And of course, they're in some box in the attic and they've never, haven't seen the light of day in like a decade, but hey, it was a big deal back then. Okay, that was a personal struggle for you because I went to a small grade school. I think we had 29 kids in our class, so everybody was getting a photo. Okay, no, 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 no. This was, you know, cutthroat stuff. It was kind of like an invitation to a party. The popular kids exchanged with the popular kids. Maybe yeah. there were some cross things there, but most of those groups stuck together and it was, uh, it was tough to break through, but... So you, um, real quick, do you think kids do not have these anymore? Do not share photos? Is it just like, hey, I'm uploading it on Instagram, give it a like? I've always wondered that. What's the point of having a... I guess if you're a parent, you would want the, what is it, the eight by 10 to put in a frame maybe? Cause like, oh yeah, yeah. Cause I can't like your parents eight by change. 10. What are the wallets, like a four by six? No, the wallet ones are like two by two and a half. They're small. Oh yeah, They're I kept small. saying eight by 10, like I'm no. just doling out eight by 10. Like here, frame this in your house. They're like credit card size basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I can see a parent wanting one because obviously, you know, you change, I'm sure your parents did this. Every year you change out the picture frame one. You get the new updated one. You leave all the old ones in the background behind all the other pictures. But for kids, every picture of them is already online. What's the point of having a hard copy? I don't, I don't see the need for it. That's so sad that kids today don't get the... the I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. I'm just saying.
But that's so sad today that kids don't get the joy and the terror of getting your school photos back. Because remember, you didn't know what they looked like. You had to wait until they were passed out at school and you either nailed it or it was terrible. Yeah, it's kind of like, remember, is another Mean Girls reference, but Gretchen, none for Gretchen Wieners when she doesn't get a Valentine. There's some high pressure on that. Oh my gosh, big time. But do you not remember when you would get your school photos back and you would take a deep breath before you opened it to see what they looked like? If they were actually any good. Yeah, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, especially remember- if you don't photograph well. Mm, it's a bummer. Fourth grade, Steve, fourth grade. <laughs> my slot was after recess, okay? And your girl had bangs that started back here and curled under here. They were like, they were disgusting. And I played tetherball at recess and the bangs got windblown <laughs> and I did not fix them before I sat down for the school photos and I got them back and my mom was like, the bangs, what happened with the bangs? She couldn't have combed them down. I was like, I'm sorry, it was tetherball. Nope. I was really into it. My bad. And it was bad. And then it was humiliating because then it's in the yearbook, you and the bangs. Another question for JD, though, really quickly. Remember when you used to listen to people on the radio growing up and you had no idea what they looked like? And then you'd look at them and you'd like randomly see a picture one day when you discovered Google and you'd go, oh my God, that's what that guy looks like or that's what yeah. she looks like? Yeah. The fact that he was like, oh my God, that's what Saruti looks like. Did he think that I was some weird looking dude? I would love to do this exercise where somebody could listen to us do a show, right? And be like, draw what you think this person looks like. That would be hilarious. So I get a lot from dudes when they would meet me. This was years ago when I was first producing. A lot of guys would be like, I thought you were blonde. And I mean, now I'm blonde. But that. Then full circle. Was that full circle moment. But I thought, ew, that's the way you're picturing me in your mind. You're telling on yourself that you like blondes. It's so hard for me to do it because I know you and I've known you with multiple hair colors. So I don't even think of you as a brunette or a blonde, but. Yeah, you, you see do, me through many iterations. <laughs> you do have not like a lower voice, but you don't have the high pitched typical girl voice. I don't have a really great radio voice either. So I wonder if our drawings would actually be not super flattering. No, I think people would hear me and they may draw me as kind of a husky. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think about it, okay? I'm a Midwest girl that talks about food all the time. Thank you for saying it's kind of a deep voice. It's incredibly deep. It is, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a baritone, okay? We know okay. that I'm bringing everybody down a whole octave if we're singing. But I bet if dudes could not see me and they had to draw a picture of me, that they would think I was... I imagine them to draw me as the female version of Porter and the Sandlot, the catcher, the great handy. Oh, no. That's not super flattering. Okay. I don't think that's true. I don't know. It's impossible for us to judge. But that was my first instinct because his reaction was so like, oh, my God, that's Saruti, to the point where did he think I was some weird beefy jock guy? Did he think I was some nerd? I don't know. The fact that he was stunned that I was not beat. I don't know if I should take that as an insult or a compliment. I don't know. I don't even think it's that he thought you were not, or he expected you to be beat. I think he just expected you to be more kind of a frat guy. Maybe like your hair different. Yeah, I don't know. We got to get him on. We gotta I know. Another guy. reason we got to get JD on. I love this. Future episode. Yeah, JD on the pod. People are probably like, <laughs> enough about this guy that we don't know. Move on, people. So the last thing I have for you, Steve, about Iowa is this. As I was driving back through the cornfields of Iowa of Iowa, I saw a couple random signs and I wrote them down so that we could talk about it. Advertising something, like street signs, what are you talking about? Yes, so as I'm driving, I see all of these signs outside of crops that just say champion seed. Your mind could easily go to the gutter on that one. 
and mine did immediately. So I guess that tells you how immature I am. But I would assume it's obviously the middle of the Midwest. They're growing corn and whatever. So I assume it's just a great seed company. I don't know. I think it's award-winning seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a t-shirt, to be honest with you. I think that'd be hilarious. Champion seed. <laughs> Champion seed. Everywhere. Champion seed. Okay. So that's a company, I had assumed that. No, I think they're just wanting you to know as you drive by those crops that these are the best of the best. Oh, they're not advertising to sell seed. They're just telling you that this is Iowa and we do things differently here. We've got great yeah. corn. What these do they grow in Iowa? I don't even know. Corn, like, their... big, big time corn. That's Nebraska. So Nebraska and Iowa are both corn. Hold on. Let me find out who has more. Because obviously Idaho is potatoes, right? Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, so I just Googled it. About 90% of Iowa's land is dedicated to farming. Uh, 90, wow. Yeah. In addition to producing soybeans and raising livestock, the state grows corn in great quantities. So, yeah. How about this? Iowa's projected to produce the most corn in the United States in 2020, followed by Illinois and Nebraska. What well, take, up? Well, take that, Nebraska. You're the corn huskers, and you're third on the list of corn production? Pff, right. Get out of here. Right. You should we, be ashamed of yourselves. Ashamed. By the way, I want to ask you this, because you brought this up earlier, and I want to get an answer out of you, and I didn't get to ask you. Rank which three states are the best, in order, are the best drinking states? Ooh. No bias? No bias. Yeah, I don't want to hear Illinois one here like you put them at four on our state draft. Okay, honestly, I could easily make the case for Illinois one. I mean, listen, you could do it, but you're going to have no integrity. Come on. It can't be Illinois. Illinois is a party school, party state. Iowa, obviously. And both of us agreed Wisconsin is the best. That's what I was going to say. It's Wisconsin. It's got to be. It's got to be Wisconsin because... I was saying that Illinois was a top party school when I went there. They were saying no Iowa was. And then they were like, the only thing that could ever beat Iowa is Wisconsin. And I was like, the only thing that could ever beat Illinois is Wisconsin. And then all of us there were like, Wisconsin's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. It would be Wisconsin one, Illinois two, Iowa two. I mean, you're going to have to put Illinois two, right? Because I have to put Illinois two. Right. I have to put Illinois two. And because I partied there a lot and had a great time. And I know it's different, but Chicago's in the mix there, and Chicago parties. Yeah, it's a good drinking scene. If I Fourth of July yeah. last year was any indication, but right. I'm trying to think. If Michigan, I wouldn't say Michigan's a big drinking hub state. Indiana, I mean, no, right? I've been to Indiana. Ohio, no. I've never been to Nebraska, but I would assume Nebraska is not as good as Iowa. Yeah, no. Minnesota, no. I mean, a lot of lakes. Good lake I don't drinking. Know. Minnesota, though, it gets cold there. What else are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. Have a cranberry there. margarita by the fire. <laughs> That's true. I would, I would do that. Yes, please. That sounds great. Now, people are going to get angry, just like they did with the state draft, because they're going to be like, you're discounting Indiana or wherever you're from. And you're probably right. I am probably discounting that. But based on my personal experience, Wisconsin has to be number one. And listen. I have been several places in Wisconsin. I've been to Madison. I've been to Milwaukee. I've been to Lake Geneva. I've been some places. I've been other places in Wisconsin too. That's just a small sample. Your girl's well-traveled. Don't worry. And every time I've been there, it's been an awesome time. I've now been to Iowa twice and Iowa parties. Okay. Iowa gets down. And I went to Michigan once. And you know, Steve, we didn't have a rager of a time there. Where'd you go? Ann Arbor? We were there. We were there. Remember? We went to Michigan State. Oh, Michigan State. Not trying to, listen, Michigan State's a big school. There's probably a lot of grads out there. East Lansing, not for me. I've never been to Ann Arbor. Heard Ann Arbor's an Heard Ann Arbor's great. Yeah. Heard Ann Arbor's great. The thing about East Lansing is that there was no one out and about. When we were in Wisconsin, and listen, it could have just been that weekend. It was, in, mm. you know, it was in basketball season. Who knows? But when we were in Wisconsin, it just felt like there was kids everywhere. Everybody was hanging out, going here, going there. On game day, it was a big 
production, a big event. When we were in East Lansing, we were driving around because we were passing out flyers for the show. Yeah, and there were sick. no, but there were no kids out. We would have to go knock on doors of yeah. frat houses and be like, hey, you want to come to this live show? People were like, love that show. Cool. But they weren't hanging out in their yards, playing bags or, you know, doing anything like that. Cornhole, but okay. Point taken. By the way, they called it bags in Iowa. They're wrong. So it's literally called the International Cornhole Championship on ESPN. It's like a real thing. They call it cornhole. I don't want to get into this. I'm right. You're wrong. But East Lansing, you and I are suckers for a good college town. Suckers. That's why I need to get to Ann Arbor at some point in my life, because that's probably the way you could really experience and tell whether or not Michigan is on that list or not. I've heard Columbus is actually cool, but it's a city. So it's not really, I don't think it's really my vibe. So I'm not. I've I'm, been there. Ohio. No. Penn State, I've never been to, but I don't really count Pennsylvania as the Midwest. Mm, yeah, right? sorry. It's the no. East Coast. I don't count it. Yeah. So I've been to Indiana once, good time, but I can't say it was better than Wisconsin or Iowa. Am I missing another state? I don't, do we count Kansas? Because I've never really been to Kansas, so I can't count it. But I know. I'm thinking of Big Ten schools, and they're obviously in the well, Big Kansas 12. Kansas is in the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. Here. I'm just going to say definitively, we're going Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, top three. I'm fair with that. Wisconsin won. I'm fair with that. It's the only right answer. Right. Okay. So next on my list of things I saw as I was driving, there's a bank, Steve, in Iowa called Raccoon Valley Bank. Raccoon. (laughs) (laughs) Raccoon Valley Bank. Are you calling raccoons raccoons? Because I'm confused. Or is there some sort of thing that I'm missing here? Because that's a... (laughs) I meant raccoon. Why did I say raccoon? I was like, raccoons is like, I don't know, people in the South call them, oh, there's a raccoon over there. No, raccoon. So it's raccoon valley bank. Yeah, wait, why did I say raccoon? (laughs) I have no idea. I was like, is there something I'm missing here? Because otherwise, why are you mispronouncing this pretty common word? No, Raccoon Valley Bank. And then I was thinking, is there a place called Raccoon Valley? And what is the point? What is the reward system at Raccoon Valley Bank? Why do I keep saying raccoon? Raccoon. It's a raccoon. But Raccoon Valley is hard to say. Raccoon Valley just goes together. Quick Google of Raccoon Valley. There was a movie that came out. Not very good uh, reviews called Raccoon Valley. Came out in 2018. That's the only thing I see about Raccoon Valley. Weird. Then there's Raccoon, a.k.a. Raccoon Valley Bank. Yeah, there, there it go. is. I was curious about Raccoon mm, Valley Bank. Very strange. Okay. Well, I'm glad you okay. told me that story just for the mispronunciation. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. You know, Steve, we're taping this kind of late on a Monday. Your girl's tired. So I have determined that just like Dunkin' Donuts on the East Coast, there's a Dunkin' on every corner. And in St. Louis, there's a bread company, or as you guys call it, a Panera everywhere. Love it. West Coast, in and out. I think in Iowa, the comp there is Casey's. Casey's General Store, the gas station. Do you have Casey's where you're from? Uh, We don't have Casey's, and I don't even know what that is. Casey's General Store? Let me look It's like a gas station that has food there, and there's a Casey's. It felt like every... Two miles I would go, there'd be another Casey's. Is that like Wawa? Yeah, it's kind of like a Wawa. We don't have Wawa's here either. That's more like the Philadelphia, New Jersey, Delaware area. But those are actually kind of cool. So I'm mad. We don't really have... I feel like the Northeast with the Dunkin' Donuts thing, we get the short end of the stick on that. Dunkin' Donuts isn't that good. It's not bad. Actually, I... It's kind of bad. You know what's weird about Dunkin' Donuts? I prefer their hot coffee so much more than their iced coffee. (laughs) The last time I had Dunkin' Donuts coffee, which had been a long time before that too... I threw the coffee out in the store. It was so bad. It tastes like sugar water. And I didn't even order that much sugar in it. I don't know. I'm a coffee hardo, so it doesn't really matter. I'd rather have a Casey's or a Wawa on every corner than a Dunkin' Donuts. What do you have in Illinois? 
We have Dunkin'. A lot of people get their coffee at Breadco, Panera. We have Starbucks. We have a lot of local coffee places that people will go to. No specific chain, though. Okay. Yeah, I was, it's I was not, just curious. It's, it's not like Dunkin' Donuts to where we're hyper-specific Dunkin', you know? America runs on Dunkin'. Really New England. The last two things, especially since you're Googling them, I saw a car with a bumper sticker on the back window that said, Muddy Girl. Also, mine immediately goes to the gutter. What is that? I don't know. I figure you could Google it as you're Googling things because I didn't know if that was a chain or a brand or something or if she was just letting everyone on the road know that she liked to get dirty. Uh, I've never heard of it. I'm clicking on muddygirlcountry.com. This could be dangerous. Go. What do we got? Yeah, good luck. 50% off acquisition sale. Oh, it's just apparel. You know what it kind of looks like? Remember the limited two stuff back in the day? Kind of looks like that, but like maybe for adults. I don't know what this is. This is super weird. Why would you pick that name? I don't know, but she really wanted everybody to know. I mean, she put it on her car, Muddy Girl. Okay, so you know what they do? I think they do like girl camo patterns and stuff, pink camo. That's what this is. That's what that okay. is. Mm. That place. Not for me. Okay, and then the last thing from Iowa, Steve, that I had for you is I came home, and in addition to a busted elbow, sore joints, and a lack of sleep, I had bug bites all over my body. Ugh, the worst. The worst. And so I was thinking about this on the ride home because I was super itchy, and I couldn't really itch because I was driving. I thought, at least I'm not sunburnt because that might be worse. So I wanted to ask you, as far as summer annoyances go, what do you think is worse? A sunburn? I'm not talking about a bad blistered sunburn because we all know that that's what Yeah, we're is. on the third degree burns here. We yeah, have, we're not, know, yeah. Skin. yeah, we're not talking like we're peeling instantly. I'm talking tender to where you have to put on aloe and definitely have the fan going at night sunburn or an excessive amount of bug bites. Yeah, like don't lay on a leather couch sunburn. Um, oh, or lay on a leather couch because it's cool. No, but then you peel off of it and it's disgusting. Uh, no, you never had that happen before? Don't lay oh on a leather God. couch. It when is I cool, but it's sunburn. it's not a good... If you fall asleep on a couch and you have sunburn and then you peel off of it, it's one of the worst feelings in the world. Oh, see, I love that. See, we had a leather couch in our basement and I would go down there and it was cool already. And on the leather, that's the only spot to be if you got a sunburn. Mm, no, but to answer your question, I would rather be sunburned because bug bites, ew, first off, bugs are disgusting. And disgusting. I actually have been fortunate. I don't need to put on a ton of off or whatever to not be bit. I, bugs don't bite me. They bite the shit out of my wife. She gets bit no matter where we go, no matter what we do. She's always being bit. I don't know if it's her blood, whatever it is, it's crazy. But if I had to have a bunch of bug bites on my leg for is a sunburn on my leg. Give me a sunburn. Yeah, Maddie and I are the same. My grandma used to tell me when I was a kid that I would get eaten by bugs because I had sweet skin. Mm, is that true? But, that sounds like I, a thing grandma would tell you. Yeah, it sounds like a total grandma thing. But I don't know. Everyone, they have different skin taste or scent, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you guys, you know, you smell whatever. I don't know. Who knows? You, that's why you, maybe you got a lotion on and it, like, they're attracted well, to a lotion. That's why you can't wear perfume in the summer because you'll get bit up. There you but go. we were at the boat. I was coming back. I wasn't necessarily thinking about spraying myself head to toe with some deep or some off. And I was just having a good time hanging out. I was too focused on the beer pong to really think about it. Wake up the next day, Steve. Massacre. It was and then just, you're itchy as hell. Oh, no way. And you know, oh my God, Steve, you know what the worst ones are is when you get them on your feet, which is what I got. I have one. This is disgusting. On the arch of my foot. And it is driving me bananas. Oh, on the bottom of your foot? On the arch, on the inside curve of the arch. Oh, man. Yeah, that's like, a, that's like a top 10 worst spot to have. That's like a top three worst spot to have a bug bite. Ew. It just has been bothering me all day. And when I was in Thailand, I got this stuff at the airport because there's a lot of 
bugs there. You get a lot of mosquito bites there. That's this tiger balm stuff that you're supposed to put on to kind of ease the itching factor there. And it has not necessarily worked. Not just for a, this one. Just get a tube of cortisone and just swim in that and you'll be all right. But no, bug bites, not for me. Sunburn, not that bad. Are bug bites the worst part of any summer? I mean, bugs in general, like when you're outside and it's dusk, and there are bugs just flying around like gnats. Ugh, that actually pisses me off. And that is the worst part of summer. Or if you're at the yeah. beach and there's those, like, those stingy bugs that love to just, they don't leave you alone forever. And they just constantly, despite the fact that you keep swatting at them for hours, they keep coming back and bite you. Yeah, actually bugs are the worst part of summer. True. I think they are. I really think they are. Anyway, so Steve, that's my rundown on Iowa. And sorry that we did a whole podcast about Iowa, but I have not left the state since, I don't know, December, January, February, Lord knows. And I was excited to just GTFO. You know what? I knew you needed this, so I'm happy for you, Michelle. Thank you. And I'm happy, Steve, that you went to a restaurant and that you felt okay about it. I've gone once, I think, or twice maybe, and I was nervous. Yeah, I mean, like I said, masks, it was okay. Yeah. But the tacos are that good where it was like, it's probably worth it. We know on this podcast that I generally did not enjoy my time in Connecticut. I loved ESPN, but did not love living yeah. in Connecticut. Sayulita is so good that I would go back to Connecticut just for Sayulita. <laughs> there you go. Next time you're here, we'll make a trip. <laughs> what do you think happens? I come to Connecticut again first or you come here? That's a good question. I think you coming here because you're, you know, you're, well, who knows? You go to New York a lot. Maybe you make a day trip here. I don't know. I feel like it'll be you coming here. Although who knows? I got all time on my hands, Michelle. We'll see. I was thinking about doing that because when I was going to go to that wedding in South Africa, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll go to New York a little earlier and then pop into Connecticut, see my peeps. And now who knows? It may never happen. We're talking 2021 at least. You had somebody in the show reviews on iTunes who dropped a thing about us coming to Wisconsin still for Halloween and it made me really depressed. I was like, damn, there's nothing I would want more than to be in Wisconsin for this Halloween, but it just ain't going to happen. So we can aim for 2021. Okay, well, let's read that review then, shall we? You're right. It says relatable five stars. Hailing from Madison, Wisconsin. And let me tell you, this podcast is awesome. Because of this pod, I've listened to the 1997 Third Eye. Yes. Yes. The 1997 Third Eye Blind album, Marin Morris's Girl and various other tunes, Joshua Tree, and many a ludicrous jam. The chemistry between Michelle and Steve is A-plus content every time. Here's hoping they can do the proposed Madison Halloween weekend. Staying ready. If not, still shouts out. I'm musically, I mean, you just made me so happy. That's unbelievable. Thank you for taking my advice. I promise you. And there were a lot of people that gave us feedback on our 90s. What was it? The, or no, I'm sorry. The best albums that came out before we were born. Yeah. We'll do that next time around because I had a guy taking major shots at me on Twitter. And I actually think it was warranted. So we'll get to that in a second. But shout out to this guy. And yes, Madison, there's nothing that we want to do more than go back to Madison at some point, yeah. especially with a group of friends. We we'll go there because it's an awesome place. It's one of the coolest places we've ever been. So 2021, it doesn't look like it's going to happen in a couple months here. 2021, put it on the calendars. Hopefully we can get a vaccine or something by then so we can travel. Steve, they've already confirmed not going to happen for the Big Ten. What? Well, football. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant Halloween. I'm like, they can't just cancel Halloween. But no, the whole part of us going there was because Illinois is playing Wisconsin. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Although there are some schools still holding out hope. I don't know. So you never know. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, Steve, for taping early in the week. I'm actually going out of town again. I'm going to Chicago and I'm going to Milwaukee. So your girl, Midwest Michelle, is just making the rounds. But the thing is, is all my friends have essentially been quarantined inside their houses. They're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. And so I'm like, hey, I'll just drive there 
and we can hang out at your house. If you're going to just sit there all day, I might as well drive up there and hang out with you. I look forward to the next state report on the next podcast, the Wisconsin edition. By the way, on the way home, left Iowa with a full tank of gas, did not stop once until I got home to St. Louis. Six hours, no stopping. Damn. Well, there's nobody on the roads, right? It's just cornfields and nothing. You just drive straight for a million years. I am a champion driver. Hungover, tired, doesn't stop Michelle. Didn't need to stop for gas. You're good. Six Chicago, hours straight through. Four and a half, five, going to be a breeze. Let if, me Midwest, if Midwestern people know how to do anything, it's drive for long periods of time. <laughs> Absolutely. So yes, we will have a report on Wisconsin and on Chicago next week. But if you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasters for small talk, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review. Steve and I will be back in action next week. But until then, keep beer pong simple. And try a seasonal margarita. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.